All right, Mike, you ready? Let's do it. All right. Geek Anthology. I am your host, Neil Forsgren, and I'm joined this week by... Mike and Nelly Mike. Yep, just Mike. Um, given the topic at hand that we are going to be talking about today, uh, Ben, who has no real points of reference or expertise within this, I know, it's a shocker, we thought he pretty much knew and did everything at one, at one point in his life, but um, not with this. We're going to be talking about Battle Royale games. because We can, we can get in our, our requisite Ben is old joke, because yeah. it's like... Get off my lawn, well, it's you like battle the battle royale kids and your Fortnites and your well, shooty shammies. Well, I was, was going to say the only battle royale, <laughs> the only battle royales that, that that he participated in were you know actual battle battles royale like in the coliseums. There you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, funny little uh, side point by the way. You very rarely were the blood sports of Rome actually fights to the death. Right. Because do you know how fucking expensive it was yeah. to raise a gladiator? Yeah, that's just one of those things where it's like, for the uh, for the movies and shows and stuff, it's always, oh, people are dying and there's all this gore, and it's like, yeah, it's yeah, violent, no. but generally they didn't want people to die all the time because it takes time and a lot of money. It, it takes a whole lot of money to, ha- to prepare a stable of professional gladiators. It would be like if there's a horse race and like all the jockeys cross the finish line and then they, they give the trophy and everything and then they, and then they shot they all the horses. horses. <laughs> Alright, we need fresh horses. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yeah. Um, so uh, so yeah, we're going to be talking about uh, Battle Royale games. Um, be, uh, Mike and I appear to have slightly different uh, opinions about them, although I haven't played a- Apex Legends yet. So, and to be fair, that's basically all I've really played as far as battle royale games proper. I've played I've played some of the other ones, um, so this will be interesting. I've seen I've seen them played. I've heard about them, mm-hmm. you know, but like I don't have any direct experience aside from Apex Legends. Indeed. So but I figure it's topical and you know a little different. So why not do an episode on it? But first, on to this week's in geek or whatever the hell we're calling this the news Fortnite section. Fortnite in geek, ah. the section, yeah, the, the news <laughs> section this time. Uh, a couple pieces that just came out very recently. Um, Reggie Fizeme is retiring as uh, the president of Nintendo America, and he is being replaced. I shit you not, by Dan. I'm sorry, not Dan. By Doug Bowser. Yeah. This guy was, like, the only way that, like, the, the only other person that, that has more of a right to be, like, the CEO of Nintendo America would be someone named Mario. <laughs> well, it would, be, it would be sillier if his last name was Koopa. Yeah, that, that, that would be a contrivance, I think. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a couple other pieces in sort of interesting rumor mills. Um... There's a rumor that Xbox Game Pass uh, streaming and download service is going to be, be is, is potentially going to be com- become compatible with Nintendo Switch. Um, that's it's just a rumor at this point, but yeah, it was kind of a slow news week, and this we, and these were the things that we got. Um, and then Neil kind of had to spell that out for him because it seems like such a thing that can't happen, be, or not the, can, but is like isn't. Done. These so weird. Yeah, the thought here is that both Nintendo and Microsoft theoretically will be reaching otherwise untapped markets. Yeah. Um, 
Microsoft by having by being able to market and sell its its service to Nintendo uh, product owners and Nintendo being able to theoretically market their actually slightly cheaper console because the Switch is only like three hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. Um, to people who want to be able to play their Xbox games portably. And that's the thing too is that it's kind of like a mental block for for me and I imagine to some extent you because our childhoods and adult lives like. There's the whole console it's war. It's the console thing. war. I and still everyone's want, just at each other's throats. I still want to do an episode on the console wars of the 90s Yeah. at some point. Um, oh, there's, some, there's some interesting things to oh, discuss Oh, yes. There. Like blast processing, which wasn't a thing. Oh, and the, and this, and the silly advertisements. Sega so does like, what Nintendo don't. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, boy. And a piece <laughs> of news that we were going to touch on momentarily and then do remedial remedial courses in economics and uh, and business administration to be able to present a full episode on at some point. Yes. Activision um, quarter four had apparently one of its most profitable quarters of all times and had a record breaking profitable year, and then laid off eight percent of its workforce. Um, right. There are there's a lot more. There is a lot more nuance to that than the story initially does. Right. Of. <laughs> Like then the headline uh, gives Mike and I are on somewhat opposite sides. I will of, say this: of we, I think there. we can both agree that um, regardless of uh, where you fall on their decisions, mm-hmm. um, they could position it and time it better. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a good look for them. Yeah, especially right after you had a, especially right after you had a big stockholder meeting. Wherein yeah. the CEO of Activision said, said to the stockholders, "Things are going great. Right. I expect nothing but improvement. Let's lay off eight percent of our workforce." Well, and that reminds me of the Heroes of the Storm fiasco, where it was just like, "Oh, BT Dubs, we're scrapping the the esports, and uh, even though we've been leading you along, yeah, the days, and like all these streamers are just screwed, and like all this stuff is. I mean, so oh, yeah, man." Activision has been Activisioning up very heavily recently. Right. And again, like I said before this the stream here before the recording, uh, I I'm not in the business of carrying their water. I there's a lot of things they've done that I don't like and don't agree with. Mm-hmm. I just try to go into these things with both eyes open and not have a predetermined um, conclusion that I want to reach. Yep. It's kind of like when when scientists do experiments, there's the whole confirmation bias thing. It's like it's easy to just be like, "Oh, hey, uh, Activision sucks." Record profits, layoffs, well, that sucks, and they're bad people who do bad things. And it's a little more complicated. Let me shred all of those papers. Sorry. <laughs> no, that, that sounds very... Uh, that, that seems kind of on brand. You know? <laughs> oh, nefarious things. We must shred the document. Well, no, no I just, I'm just looking over. <laughs> I've, got, I've got a box of, of credit card offers that need to be shredded. Um, oh, yes. That's always fun. Uh, but, yeah. Um, in other geek news... I managed to not burn my house down this week. Congratulations. Um, which maybe some people don't want to care about too much, but just a pro tip to people. Remember to turn off the burners on your stove. Mm. Um, because not all of you will be lucky like I was. On <coughs> Tuesday night, I was cleaning out my refrigerator because I hadn't done that in a long time and I had some stuff that needed to go. Yeah. And I found a cut-up onion that was... It wasn't... Like, I wasn't going to put it raw on a sandwich, but I was like, I can still do something with this. Right. So I put it on a burner with a little bit of butter, put the burner on low, going to caramelize the onions up. Yeah. Because caramelizing onions that are just starting to go, not a problem, because they still taste fine, and they're mushy at that point anyway. It's a delicious adjective, by the way, caramelized. Yeah. Um, 
Then, and this was at uh, about 6.30 at night on Tuesday, I then proceeded to completely forget that I had done this until 4 o'clock in the afternoon the following day. Um, at which point I rush home because having general anxiety disorder, my, I am envisioning my house in smoke right now. Well, I mean, um, to be fair, I think anyone would be freaking out in that scenario. Yeah, like, I just went up to my boss and said, hey, I'm leaving, I'll, t- I'll text you why later. Um, <laughs> and left. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when I texted him why later, he's like, yeah, that seems like a pretty good reason. Um, <laughs> um, come to find out that the low setting on the burner on my stove doesn't get as hot as the heating pad I bought from CVS Pharmacy. Uh. I couldn't, like, I got <laughs> home, and the onions had not yet even fully turned translucent, hmm. which is the first stage of the cooking process, and usually happens within about ten minutes. Well, see, that's a weird, that's a weird uh, emotional place to be in, because on <laughs> one hand, you're like, oh, thank God... <coughs> This is so ineffective, but then you're like, wait a minute, this sucks. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, okay. Like, I took the thing off the burner. The burner was running. The surface heating light was on. Yeah. The burner was warm, but it was not so warm I couldn't stand to literally touch it. So what do you have to actually set it at to make it? About three. Okay. Like, low <laughs> two and three. Low and two. I played with it a little bit. Low and two are... Like, low, I can stand to touch. Two is like, ow. Yeah. But so, not like, ah! And so like three, what, a, what, yeah. a low to, what a low medium would be is yeah. low. On yeah. Your, basically. It's, <laughs> it's so dumb. Yikes. But yeah, so that, that was fun. In geek news slash in cooking, Neil didn't burn his house down by trying to caramelize onions, even though they were sitting on the burner for 16 and a half hours. That sounds like a Guinness record. Waiting to happen. How long can it be on here without, you know... <laughs> without, without fucking <laughs> without anything happening? Or for it to actually cook, apparently. Yeah, I know. Um, I wonder if, like, I, the connection on that burner is a little spotty. I wonder if maybe it shorted out at some point. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, maybe. when I got home, my house didn't even smell like onions. Oh, we talked about um, Reggie <laughs> retiring from Nintendo of America. Yes. You have to... Provide our spoiler then. Yes, our spoiler of the week. We're sorry, Reggie, but your CEO is in another castle. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> uh, so, on to the topic at hand Battle Royale games. I don't like them. <laughs> Mike apparently has been enjoying Apex Legends. Yeah, and I don't really feel one way or the other about um, Battle Royale games mm-hmm. as a genre. Uh, it, and it's not that I don't like, like, and, and I don't want to be like, I'm not trying to poo-poo the games either. Right, it's just, Like, you know, it is decidedly not my cup of tea. I it, totally get taste. why people would not lo- would love this kind of game. Yeah. I like more objective-based uh, shooters. Well, there's certain, there's certain genres where mm-hmm. it's just like, it's kind of like music genres. Like, yeah. you just enjoy it or you don't. And you, just because you don't enjoy mm-hmm. something doesn't mean you're hating on people who do. Right. Like... Like I, I don't like a whole lot of country music. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty picky. I, I do, uh, I do legitimately enjoy some country music, but yeah. it's very, it's very hit or miss for me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not like, girl, all those people that enjoy country music. Like, 
It's just a thing. It's taste, and, that, yeah. and that's how games work. I mean, a good example of this is, for me, is I, I rarely play any sports or racing games, like, at all. Now, there are some that I've enjoyed, and I totally get why people would enjoy them or even get fanatical about them. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, a, a game is a game is a game at the end of the day. Yeah. Whether it's watching sports ball or playing sports ball or playing video games or watching games played on a competitive level, there's just the basic human nature of competition and strategy and tactics and, you know, risk and reward and all these things that just push the little buttons in our brain that make something enjoyable or entertaining yeah. or challenging. And so that's the thing with Battle Royale is... My main thing for having not played them was just I have a finite amount of time as an adult who has to do adulting things Mm -hmm. like work and pay bills and be a husband and all this stuff like and so it's like when I when I have valuable hours I can dedicate to just gaming I can't be like spread out in a million different games and a million different genres so uh, unlike when I was a kid where I would just do whatever the hell I felt like doing when it came to that stuff. Now I have to be like, okay, I have X amount of hours. How do I want to invest these hours? Yeah. And there's certain games and even entire genres that I'm just like, it's not worth the time and effort I put into it to even do it. So like, I'll hear about a game and I'll just be like, well, I've written this game off. I'm not even going to play it. I might enjoy it, but I wouldn't enjoy it more than spending my time on game B or activity C. Right. So a perfect example of this is the Call of Duty series. I used to love Call of Duty before it was this huge you know, juggernaut to an extent. I mean, it was always a hit game, but, mm-hmm. uh, like, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is when it really took Modern off. And Modern Warfare was such and a good game. And it was an game. amazing game, yeah. But the game, it's become the Madden of shooters. Yeah. Where it's just this, it's just like... What's this year's game? Yeah, it's this irritative, it's this, uh, God, I can't pronounce iterative. it. Iterative. Iterative, thank you. That is definitely a toy boat situation. Indeed. But, um... Yeah, an iterative thing, and they pass it amongst these different studios, and it's just, mm-hmm. it's very, uh... And I, I get, and, and someone who is very unabashedly about free enterprise and profits and all this stuff, like, it's very much just so, like, commercialized into blandness. Yeah. But, like, there have been exceptions. Like, the first Black Ops game was very different and very cool, I it think. Was good. It, that was a good game, too. But it's just become this thing where it's just the same thing with a, a few different twists Let's and changes. Let's change the coat of paint on it yeah. this year. I just don't care, and I haven't played those games for years. Let's put out Battlefield Five with a Battle Royale mode instead of a story ga- story mode. Well, that's uh, like, I mean, <laughs> unless we get into the topic at hand again, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of gaming has become, especially... it's ch- it, A lot of the times, gaming is... I'm sorry for interrupting and cutting you off here but it's chase the trend right um because no one in goes out no one almost no one intentionally creates the trend yeah instead some game has stupid massive success right and then everyone tries to jump on the bandwagon right and frequently the stupid massive success comes from some sort of little indie developer who just had an interesting idea yeah, I mean, yeah. Battle Royale wasn't anything super new, right. but but until PUBG came out, it was a very very niche thing. Right, right. And for some reason, PUBG primarily got got off well with the streaming with with, with the Twitch crowd. Yeah, it becomes a snowball, and effect. it snowballed, and yeah. then suddenly everything and their horse has to be a battle royale game. And I was in the alpha of Fortnite. <laughs> Before it was a battle royale game. Man, that's such a hipster statement. 
I know that's not the intent, but it's just... No, no, just like... It comes off that yeah, way. And, 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 oh, I was in the alpha in Fortnite. I, I, was, was I, was in the, I was in the closed alpha of Fortnite, uh, Fortnite because it looked really interesting. A cool PvE game right. with base-building elements and, and shooting and... Oh, gosh. Yeah, we should really start there. That's where the conversation should start because he, this is what's so interesting about this. Uh, when Fortnite was just a name in a, mm-hmm. in a distant idea, yeah. when it was still verily, it was just being planned out or starting to do the alpha and stuff. Yeah, I was extremely interested in it. It sounded really I, interesting and unique, and I was, I was, like, I was all about yeah. it. But I was int- sorry. A combination of that and it constantly being uh, of uh, combination of it uh, changing of what it was and, and it being constantly delayed. I just lost all interest. Yeah, and then eventually it came out, and I was just like, eh. And I never even had the desire to install it. Uh, save it the world lost. Fortnite Save the World lost a lot of, um, a lot of uh, development push mm-hmm. once they, uh, once they, what's the word? Pivoted. Pivoted. Yeah. To um, yeah. To Battle Royale, which was a shame because Save yeah. the World, like I was interested enough in it that I sent in my email to be part of the of the closed alpha. Yeah. And managed to win that lottery. That's another thing, by the way, um, when it comes to my budgeting of time, is I essentially, I almost never do any betas ever. Because I'm just like, eh, I don't have enough time to play full-on games. Yeah. The I think the only beta I've really done uh, that I can remember was Halo Reach. I had a lot of fun with that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I almost never play betas. And There's also like something to be said about the difference between the... Uh, between an actual beta experience yeah. and a and effectively a limited pre-release yeah, experience, like an, like an early access. Yeah, well, that's a pretty like a lot of thing. Thing, A lot of things are like pre-purchase now to get access to the closed beta. Right. When it's not a closed beta, it's really just it's the server stress test. Right, right. Um, Which, by the way, that's marketing genius. Hey, you can pay us the money up front so that you can help us do our thing more efficiently. Yes, you're welcome. <laughs> It's like when it's like when people are you know shooting T-shirts out of a fucking cannon to advertise their shit when it costs yeah. next to nothing and people are like oh my gosh right. I got a shirt they're so great yep <laughs> but I digress yes but um, so yeah Fortnite was kind of that well PUBG was the beginning PUBG what well it PUBG was the start of the trend yeah. it was not actually the start of battle royale games Arma and uh, Arma two had been doing it for a while because. Of course it had. Arma 2 has been doing everything for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, Arma 2 might might very well be the er example of all video games. I think it is older than time. Well, I think a, uh, <laughs> a good analogy here is that the Nintendo Entertainment System, or NES, that wasn't the beginning of video consoles. No. But it was what really got the trend going yes. for, for John Q. Public, right. for Jane Doe, to yeah. actually play. The first tax would yeah. be a thing. First battle royale game I ever played in was a Minecraft mod. Uh, for people who are <laughs> completely um, new to the battle royale thing, um, PUBG stands for Player Player, player Unknown's Battlegrounds. Battlegrounds. Yeah. Um, player Unknown is apparently the developer slash right. a single actual person. Um, then Fortnite came in, made it free to play, which was what PUBG should have done in the first place. Yeah. And made a hundred billion thousand dollars. Now you have experience here, so help me out. Uh, PUBG was that like you just was that just a buy to play thing? Like you buy the game and then okay. That's it? So the history of the monetization of P- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds. <laughs> 
as presented, abridged, please. as presented in an abridged fashion by Neil Cordray. Thank you. Initially, it was a game that people were selling uh, beta keys for, that they were selling beta keys for. I'm not sure it's ever actually meet, uh, launched a version 1.0. I think it did like when it came out on Xbox. Okay. Um, and initially, it was a it, it was it was a legit early access game, which was hey. This is what we have made so far, right. and we are out of money, so please buy this game that we have made so far so we can continue making the game. Gotcha. Um, and it was like, I think it was 20, 30 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and it stayed that way for a while. The price slowly, incrementally went up to, I think, $40. Uh, I think now it's a, I think, I think that's where it capped on Steam. Yeah. Uh, and for a while, there were um, aesthetic unlocks that were actual literal unlocks. Until like version 0.6 or something along those, like it was, it was semi late in the beta development cycle. They started locking um, cosmetics off behind a paywall. Um, this was also when PUBG started really losing its market share because one, Fortnite had just had just very recently come out and was free, yeah. and two, uh, PUBG had very bad. Um, server administration and anti-cheat so it was a mm. horrible wasteland of aimbots yeah. and wall hacks um yeah. which is one of the reasons that that, that uh fortnite does, is doing so much better is because epic knows how to run competitive shooters right these are the people behind unreal fucking tournament yep um so yeah i grew up grew up with, uh, with epic games <coughs> Uh, so they know how to they know how to do anti cheat, which is why for, which is one of the reasons that and an actual literal free to play, and a way to unlock cosmetics slowly in game without having to pay real real world money. Right. Real world money is just the way to speed it up. Right. Because that is the that is the proper way to monetize. And also when you're running a free to play game, that's perfectly fine too. Which is it's always such a it's always such a weird concept for me. It's like pay us money to not play our game. Well, pay pay us money to be able to play the game you want to play earlier. Yeah, I guess that's a way. Is really the it. way to look at it. Yeah. Um that that that's the that is the I mean, psychological thing they're saying. And that goes back to like 20 years ago me hearing about like you know, rich or at least well-off people spending money to get, like, Uber items and EverQuest and stuff because they didn't have the time to spend on it, which, I mean, yeah, I, I could get that. Like, mm -hmm. if, you know, you have a ratio of time and money, you only have so much time and you have so much money, people that have more time than money that can just put the time in, people that don't have the time but make more money because they put all this time into their work, exactly. well, there you go. You yeah. can just spend the money. That, and, and that's honestly a pretty fair way to do things as long as... As long as your uh, running of, of monetization isn't uh, it doesn't doesn't artificially inflate the grind. Um, right, right. Which is a which is a trap. Which is a well, not a trap. It is a <clears throat> thing that a lot of people will end up doing because it's a way to make more money. Because yeah. God, this is taking forever. I just want to unlock this fucking thing, and it only cost me two dollars. Right, and and I and I think that's where you and I agree more. Uh, more than disagree is uh, when um, when it comes to these issues of like monetizations and microtransactions and such is when games are designed with the microtransaction first and then things are just kind of built around that yeah. that's what pisses me off 
Because it's like, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's a business and they're in it to make money, but it's also a thing that's supposed to have value, a product and or service that's supposed to have value. And mm-hmm. it's so douchey to just be like, oh, well, we're going to make a money trap and then then and then gussy it up as if it's a game. Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, by all means, make money, be successful, but do that by the merit of having an actually good game and then you monetize the game. Yes. Don't come up with a monetization scheme and then design a game around that that you, it's like, oh, it's just fun enough or just acceptable enough that people will buy into mm-hmm. the monetization bullshit. And that's one of the that reasons, pisses me off. And that's one of the reasons that Fortnite did well was because they did have, admittedly, they were pretty much just copying what PUBG had done but cleaning up the mechanics and the engine because PUBG's right. engine was also a joke. Yeah. Like, no, I mean, I, I, I'm not trying to come off like PUBG didn't know what they were doing, but they kind of didn't. It's It was well, pretty much, it was their first major project, project. Yeah. And the fact that established companies, they then came in and did what they had done but better is not so surprising as, yeah. well, yeah. Epic Games knows how to make first and third person shooters. They've been doing it for twenty goddamn years, and that's just how things are going to work when it comes to business. And that's why, and that's why EA with uh, with Apex Legends and when the people who made Titanfall, were yeah, Respawn it. Entertainment. Um, Which, they, by the way, I, they know what they're doing. I, I hear that they uh, that Respawn basically had to like fight tooth and nail to get this out. Where they're like, like trust us, EA. We know what we're doing. Which is really hilarious because, <laughs> be, because EA has actually been in kind of tight financial straits recently yeah. to a certain extent. Like, they were probably going to have to do a, an Activision-esque layoff of a number of people. Yeah. But Apex Legends oh, has yeah. brought them very heavily into the black. Completely <laughs> turning them around. Yeah, they were, they were, they were hot off the heels of, uh, you know, uh, bad... Uh, Bad publicity with the loot box stuff from Battlefront 2 and all these other and things. And fighting the country of Belgium. Yeah, all that EU stuff. Uh, they're just, yeah, EA has been, there have been missteps all over the place the last few years. And uh, this is a this is a big, you know, sea change for them. And it's, it's, it's fitting since they were, they begrudgingly let them do it. You know, like, yeah. basically... Uh, Respawn wanted, you know, they had this vision of what they wanted to do, and then uh, it was, I, I don't remember the specifics, but it was something along the lines like, okay, like, we'll we'll do, like, you know, we'll do A, B, and C, like, we'll finish, you know, Titanfall 2 and do this other thing, but you have to let us do this thing, which wound up being Apex Legends. Yeah. And, and like, trust us, it'll work out. And what's interesting about this is not only... Um, <laughs> I, I get the idea that um, I get the impression that the reason why it just kind of happened, it just kind of released silently, and then the word of mouth and streaming and stuff is what really you know got the word out, is because it basically had no enthusiasm or support from EA. It was it was like it was released despite EA. Yeah, and then like that, the very fact mm-hmm. that it didn't have. A bunch of slick marketing and advertising campaign is why it was so effective. Aside from the fact of it just being a good game, it didn't have any hype to live up to. So, it's, yes. so as a result, 
it just got to be as hype as it needed to be. Right. Which is which was very good. And people were curious about it, and it didn't have all that baggage of like, ooh, EA. It was just like, okay, well, it's Respawn. The people who did Titanfall, and yes, they're published by EA, but this is just a thing that just kind of happened. It wasn't like some big hype machine where the people that are like, people yeah. like you and me, they're like enthusiasts and actually follow stuff. Like, you're instantly going to be on your guard. You're like, eh, I don't know about this. Whereas if it just organically happens, and then because they're confident that the game is good, when it gets into the, you know, influencers or whatever, like, here, I'll give, yeah. you, I'll give you a quick example. What, when I first heard about Apex Legends, it was from reading Penny Arcade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I always keep up with the comic, and I uh, I usually read the the web post or blog the, post the, or whatever you want to call it. The rant? The news post is the official term, but it's, you know, it's a glorified blog. Um, which is typically, I mean, Gabe's on there sometimes, but it's typically Tycho. Yeah. He's the wordsmith, after all, not the artist. Indeed. Uh, and uh, he was... Gabe's he was too busy drawing. <laughs> yeah, well, they were... Uh, Tycho was talking about this game, and uh, it was kind of intriguing to me, because he was like, oh, it's a Battle Royale game, which I usually don't get down with, but it's really cool, and here's why. And he talked about how it was squad-based and stuff, and it was free, and I'm like, oh, what the hell, I'll try it out. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like... I'm probably going to download it on my PS4. Um, I'm not going to download it on my PC, because I have this irrational hatred of EA's origin launcher. Oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't say it's entirely irrational. Um, it, it's At this point, it's mostly irrational. Okay. Um, and I will acknowledge that. <laughs> but at the same time, I will cling to it wholeheartedly, like yeah. how I will never buy Master Yi in League of Legends. Mm-hmm. Which I know means nothing to you, but trust me, I will never buy him. Alright, I'll take the um, word for it. He's a very cheap... He's he's He costs nothing in terms of grind. He's one of the, the starter champs. So I don't... Think I just hate him. Mm. Uh, so I, I doubt there's. Uh, I don't think there's much like difference as far as how the game plays on no, um, Xbox One versus uh, yeah. PS4. Now with PC, it's interesting because obviously you have diff- you have different levels of uh, performance and connection and stuff. I mean, I guess you have connection disparities in console too, but more so yeah. on PC. Um, what's interesting is there's like a there's like a uh, there's an aim assist option. On there, and mm-hmm. someone you could play with a controller on the PC and not be too terrible? Question mark. <laughs> well, I mean, like, there are people who will claim that you can play a shooter just as well with a controller as you can with a keyboard and mouse, and they're wrong. They are wrong. However, <laughs> I can I can appreciate where they come from with that argument, which is if you grew up playing Halo. And you didn't grow up playing Half Life. Yeah, yeah. Then you are probably then you are probably better at a shooter right. with a controller than you are with a keyboard and mouse. It's really whatever control scheme right. you started with. Yeah, I think there's there's two things that are true at the same time. Yeah, it is there is a there's an interface that is better for the individual, mm-hmm. and then there's just if you have access to both and are familiar with both, obviously you go mouse keyboard. Yes. Because I, I grew up playing Halo and Half-Life. Yeah. And I know these things. Yeah. I remember in Halo going like, whoa, and being all imprecise and missing with some of my shots. Yeah. And then with Half-Life being like, Voop, and just sniping I, them easily with the crossbow. I remember uh, the time <laughs> that I got a keyboard and mouse controller for my roommate's Xbox. Yeah, it felt and, like a cheat code, right? And went from being the per- <laughs> and went from being the lodestone in whoever's half like in in the because we would have Halo land parties. Yeah, like four people would come over, bring over their TVs and a router, and we'd be like running sixteen people in a LAN playing Halo, and I would be the person that no one wanted on their team. 
Mm. Yeah, but and I got a keyboard and mouse. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it was like the last party we ever had. Um, and then everybody moved out of the state, and I was left with the keyboard and mouse that I don't think I even have anymore for the Xbox. Um, it was a lot of work to set that stuff up, but when it came together, oh my god, it was beautiful. Oh, it was thing. great, yes. My brother and some friends of his would do the Halo party thing with the original Halo back in the day, and, and oh man, it was such a great time. Well, we had a we had a, a three bedroom apartment, so what we did was we had four TVs, we had four teams of four. Yeah. So we had each team was in each of the bedrooms. Yeah, that's even. And then one <laughs> team was in the living room. That's even better. So that that way you could communicate and strategize um, yeah. among, amongst your squad without having to hear, worry about people hearing you and without having to worry about screen, screen cheating. Although sometimes trash talking is half the fun. That's true, but that's why you just <laughs> shout. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. it's not like the walls are, are soundproofed. Right. Um, but, um, so yeah. Um, but yeah, back to, back to Battle Royale. Um, so we were talking about, you know, how I found out about Apex Legends, mm -hmm. and um, I gave it a shot, and um, I just like most games, uh, at least, you know, when it comes to multiplayer-designed games, actually playing with other people, preferably people you know, it's a lot more fun. Oh, it's going to be better, yes. In Battle Royale, I mean, yeah, you can, you can hop on a server with a bunch of friends, but it's not quite the same if everyone's just kind of running around and, like... It, you know, just randomly killing each other. When you have a three-man squad thing like Apex Legends, yeah. it's a lot more interesting. And, and I to gotta me. say that, like, I've played Minecraft. Uh, Hunger, I played Minecraft Hunger Games, Hunger Games mod. I've played PUBG. I've played Fortnite, um, Battle Royale, not team-based. I never. I I gave up on Fortnite before they released the team patch. Um, I have not enjoyed. Being one person against ninety nine other people, and hoping to survive like yeah. my my standard, but but that but then of course also one of my standard strategies is always camp <laughs> and hide. Like I I play the sniper class yeah. when it comes when, when TF two primary. I mean sniper and medic. Yeah. Like <laughs> um, TF two though it's like. The maps are so much smaller, and there's so many fewer yes, people. Yes, but I'm still, but I'm still the person who's always standing at the very back of the map. But yeah, the bottom line is you're not a frontline guy, right? You like to do the support and the sniping. I like stuff. to support. I, I play right. support when I play when I play shooters. Yeah, team based shooters. Yeah, I enjoy support and stuff. I don't like being the the commando out to win things, and you can't really play that way in right. single player. Yeah, I mean, yeah, theoretically you can like run to where the center of the map is going to be and try and hide there and just hope to survive until, like, the final ten. But that's not very, like, intelligent uh, strategy. And it's boring. Because it's like, you know, if the smart thing to do is just kind of sit in a corner and twiddle your thumbs, like, why are you even playing? Right. But so I yeah, like the I idea of, of Apex Legends, you can play, okay, I'll snipe, you be bait. Um, yeah. As long as, be, as long as that's an agreed upon, you know, um, yeah, there's, strength. there's a lot more you can do. It's a lot more flexible with like the approach you take when you have a tight knit three man squad. Which is why I'm actually interested in downloading it. And also, the thing about it is like, uh, I mean, I don't know a whole ton of the iterations of the other ones of the other uh, games, but uh, with Apex Legends, 
I, I think it's fair to say, at least in a basic level, that um, with Apex Legends, it was designed from the ground up to like all the maps and the game design and stuff with that three-man uh, dynamic in mind. Whereas That's good. with uh, you know Fortnite and PUBG, because they also added squad-based in PUBG. Yeah, so you started. It was all, with, it was all tacked on. Yeah, yeah, you started with everyone is just, every man for themselves, that's it. And then they tacked on, like, team modes and stuff, and it's like, you know, it's it's all, it's always going to be smoother and play better when the entire process is with that in mind. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, to use a quick analogy here, it's kind of like how you have a movie that comes out, and then there's a 3D version. Or you have, like, an avatar, where it's like, the entire thing from the ground up was designed well, how to train your dragon. Mind. How to Train Your Dragon was one of the best 3D movies I've ever seen. Uh, well, I haven't seen any of those. So it was it was it was designed in 3D, and a lot but, of times 3D and a lot, a lot of times also 3D movies that are animated are just typically going to be better than. Yeah, I can see that. Um, so speaking yeah. of Penny Arcade, uh, they mentioned um, they mentioned a, a funny thing literally on Wednesday. Um, so apparently, Apex Legends is so successful right now. That Epic Games is kind of losing their minds <laughs> because they offered free battle passes. Oh yeah, yeah. To <laughs> uh, by the way, P- Penny Arcade's been having a heyday with this because <laughs> it's a game they're both legitimately enjoying, and it's just a constant breeding ground of comics. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's often the way with them is they'll get onto a game or a thing, and then they just naturally do their thing, and of that, comics naturally occur. Yeah. They've had, like, three comics now on Apex Legends, I think. Like, it, pretty much everything this week was Apex Legends related. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the other thing, another thing, and this is, you know, the PA folks mentioned this, um, the thing that's great about Apex Legends is the ping system, where you can ping, like, you know, go over here, enemy spotted, this item's over here, or whatever. So even when, you know, uh, people aren't using the voice comms or aren't using them much, you can easily communicate important information in the moment, and I found that very useful because I have the headset on, and I'm I'm you know I'm perfectly willing to you know strategize with strangers and stuff, and just be a team player. But other people, I, I don't see them but using it until the un, until the other person on your squad decides to just start playing Rick Astley on their headset. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing is I it, it's a bit of a self fulfilling prophecy where. People are like, oh no, there's these random asshats, therefore I just won't participate in voice. So guess what? The only people that are participating in voice are the random asshats. True. So it just it's 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 a very it's a cyclical thing and it sucks and it's unfortunate. But I the way I approach it is I just go in there uh, knowing full well to expect asshattery, but uh, being willing to yeah, being, and, and honestly, participate. That's fine. As and if people as if people are asshats, people. it's it's easy. You just hit mute. Mute. And you don't worry about it yep but i don't just like not i don't just withdraw and not do the thing because then why even have it and it's 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 so much more fun and satisfying when you're able to when you're actually able to communicate with the group i had a i had a game where we didn't we didn't place that greatly but we did okay but because people were like joking around and talking to each other and communicating basic stuff it was so much more fun than a game where i may have placed like five ranks higher but no one said anything and it was just like you know, it was just like, uh, you know, little symbols on the screen. Like, I enjoy the social aspect of it. Sure. Uh, and I feel like that kind of goes out the window when you don't utilize the, the voice comm stuff, you know? Yep. Plus, but, by the way, if mm. it's only two other people you have to cooperate with, a lot easier than like a team of six or eight or ten. Yeah. That can easily be a clusterfuck. But when you only have a couple of people, 
besides yourself, it's, there's only a few cats to herd, and there's a lot more accountability because each one of you is responsible for a third of the entire team's success. Yep. So there's that. Or you know, one of you, or one of you can be the absolute star and kill everything. Well, they're not mutually exclusive. And carry your team to victory. I've, uh, I've, see, I've seen, I've seen, you know, badass people that are totally carrying the team, but they also have a good attitude. Yeah. And like that's rare. It's it's always nice when you see someone who's legitimately good at the game and can work with others well. Usually it's one or the other. Yeah. Well, it some, sometimes sometimes even average players also will pull off carry moments too. Yeah, and I, I'd much rather have an, an average player who isn't an asset and can work with me than a really good player yeah. who's kind of a dude. <laughs> All right, guys, go over here and do this thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's or the it. stupid like passive aggressive like critiques of just like ah oh, do or or just blatant. St- uh, criticism that isn't constructive, like, oh man, you're doing this thing, or don't do this. Thing. It's like, okay, uh, don't wait until I've screwed something up when you see me making a mistake and then try to drill me to the ground. Why don't you suggest that I do something different so you give me the opportunity to actually do that and actually respond to the feedback? Like, and here's the storm, you see this all the time. Like, if, so, if somebody's doing something, if somebody's making a dumb move or not aware of something, I can't about, believe you're, you fucking did that. Well, why yeah, didn't like, you stop me? What, what, Am I going to respond positively to someone browbeating me? Of course not. Yeah. It's like, if, if your goal is to not just feel good about yourself and run someone else into the ground, which is a huge assumption, by the way, uh, then just, you know, be decent about it. So that goes back to Will Wheaton's rule of the internet. Yes. Don't be a dick. Wheaton's law. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah, this was going to be a shorter episode. Do you have anything else really to say about the subject other than Apex Legends is pretty fun and I'm kind of looking at it and... Maybe I'll actually. This will be the battle royale game I like. Uh, a, a few, a few specifics from my limited experience so far. Mm-hmm. I think we've pretty much touched it, on. It's the, the, the same basic. It's the same basic, uh, basic initiate. Like you drop into a zone completely naked and have to scrounge everything. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that's one of the that's one of the core like gameplay mechanics of the genre apparently. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the. It's a much more palatable when you have a couple other people watching your back and you have some, like, direction, but uh, that's one of the things... Do you have an unarmed melee? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so you can just be like, I'm gonna fucking punch you to death. Fun fun story. Uh, The first kill I got was punching a guy to death. Very nice. Because I was like, well, here's the thing. It's it's a uh, I will. There's a few critiques I have with it. One of my main critiques is the training mode sucks. The training mode doesn't really teach you much. It's like, hey, here's some guns to try out, here's a few basic controls, and like, that's it. Like, the actual mechanics you have to learn by doing. Now, I haven't, I haven't really looked too hard at it. I've only watched a little bit. Um, it has the same kind of verticality and movement that the Titanfall games had, right? Uh, not as much, no. Not as much? It doesn't, yeah. Because that was one thing I actually really loved about Titanfall's multiplayer was how vertical it was. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. With Titanfall, you can, like, jump off the walls and stuff and do Mm -hmm. the wall runs. With this, I mean, you have, you have a little bit of it where, like, you can jump, you can, like, you can jump up and, like, climb up over stuff and there's a little bit of verticality, but it's not, like, it's not a crazy Titanfall type thing. That's a shame. You have, like, a wall run, double jump thing just built into everyone. With Another thing I like about Apex Legends, too, is that it's not just, like, generic player model with maybe a fancy cosmetic skin you might get if you want. It, you actually have specific characters where they have abilities and stuff. Okay, And you cool. complement the abilities. So another core, you know, a lot of the stuff is just... 
again, lifted wholesale. Does from, every team have the same three party members, or is it, or, or is it like there's a suite of of these are the characters that are available? Create a squad of three of them. Yeah, the latter. Mm -hmm. uh, the basic way it works is you have uh, when you just first install the game. There's six characters. There's, there's eight characters, but two of them are locked. And you can either just play the game and then unlock them through your fun bucks, or you can spend some dough and unlock them. And it's actually pretty reasonable about the amount of you know time or rank or whatever. I think by the time you're at about rank 23, you have enough fun bucks to unlock both of the other characters. And it's not like they're not OP or anything. They're just different. Uh, all the all the heroes. <clears throat> or I guess legends. I, I forget. There's so many fucking terms for these things. <laughs> of the legends. All of the characters. Yes, all of the people uh, have their own their Dudes. own thing. <laughs> Dude bands. Yeah. Um, although. Uh, yeah, half, Dude is half, half, half of the dude. Well, when you say mans. I half, didn't half say the, mans. I said dudes. Which is why I'm uh, following it by saying I, I want. I want to say off the top of my head, half of them are women. Let's see. Well, it, I, I was going to give you a quick rundown anyway, mm -hmm. so you get an idea. Um, so, uh, well, the two the two characters that you have to unlock are guys. Uh, you have Mirage, who does like holographic uh, projections of himself to like fool people and stuff. Has some interesting abilities there. And then um, Caustic, who is this like uh, kind of like the mad gas scientist from Wonder Woman kind of a thing. Like he's a trapper who uses like poisonous traps, little canisters of like you know bio terrorist type shit. They, you know, that kind poison. Of thing. Yeah, poison. <laughs> I guess. It's the poison build. The poison guy. Yeah. yeah. And then I am uh, sure that all of these guys are gonna fall all these oh, characters yeah. are gonna fall into very basic archetypes. <laughs> Probably. But like when you said Mirage, I was like, okay, holograms. Yeah, yeah. Or at least or or illusory duplicates if, right, we're, right. if we're talking magic. Yeah, and that's the idea. <laughs> like they're not trying to be clever with the names they're trying to be obvious with the names so people know what they're getting into right um so the the six core characters that you already have you've got uh lifeline who combat medic uh and then let me let me try and guess each one of them okay just like <laughs> like give me the name and i'll be like oh, right. here's what i think they can do okay so you got five left then um okay so um pathfinder okay um they're gonna have they're gonna have um the ability to locate objects more readily than others it's not so much locating objects; it's actually getting around. It's okay. he's, it's a robot. It's a robot character, like okay. an android, like a droid from Star Wars, okay. who's kooky. And uh, he his tact, There's two things on how it works. There's your tactical ability that you can do generally whenever. Mm -hmm. um, and then there, well, technically there's three. There's the passive thing that you just because you are this character, you do A, B, and C better. Because you, because you are this character, you run slightly faster. Like, you, like I'll give but you your aim is slightly worse. An yeah. example here, uh, <laughs> Lifeline. You use healing items quicker, and you revive your allies quicker because you are the medic. That's a passive ability. Right. So everyone has their passive, then they have their tactical ability, and then they have their ultimate, which is like it takes so long to charge up, and then they do the <laughs> Sorry, thing. ultimate ability. Like. Uh, uh, we still can't get away from Dota style. We're uh, calling it ult. Yeah, from, from, <laughs> yeah. from Dota style yeah. um, ability creation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so Pathfinder is the robot guy that ziplines around. His ultimate okay. is is a is a zipline that your entire team can use, not cool. just him. And it's mm -hmm. like bigger and better and stuff. And interestingly, uh, you can use the zipline thing to essentially pull vault. To like get around faster and like more creatively, so he's kind of like a parkour robot in a way. 
So he's cool. Um, then, okay, so we, we covered Mirage, Caustic, Lifeline, and Pathfinder. So the other half, um, Bangalore. Bangalore's going to be a melee specialist, I would think. Not really. No? Okay. Um, Bangalore is, and this is one of the women, um, she is a, well, it's her, they have like a little two-word synopsis of what they are, like, Caustic is toxic trapper, you know? Yeah. Um, hers is a professional soldier, and her tactical is she shoots a little, like, smoke missile out of a tube, and it, like, puts this big smoke grenade thing in an area to, like, obscure it and stuff, and her ultimate is, uh, is an airstrike. And her passive is called Double Time, which is interesting. Whenever you take fire, whenever you get hit, whether it's your shields or your actual health, you, like, move a lot faster. So you can get the hell out of dodge when you need to. Or charge. Or charge, yeah. Like a mad woman. Okay, here's another one, Gibraltar. See, I would think that that would have something to do with, uh, with, uh, like, underwater stuff, but I'm not sure if there's any underwater in this game. So I'm not sure about Gibraltar. Um, Gibraltar is more like the glacier amongst the water, as in tank. Okay. So Gibraltar is this big dude who his passive... Um, it, God, what was it? Tough? <laughs> I'm trying to think here. His passive... Well, I don't remember what's what, but I know his... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. His passive is whenever he aims down sights, he has like, this shield that comes out of his gun, and it covers like his torso region. So it's like you have an extra buffer there. It's like a riot shield of sorts. You can still like hit his head or his feet, like half, you know, like his his like shins below yeah. or whatever. But like his main target area has this buffer. That's so. what you do in Counter Strike One Point Six, and then <laughs> and people running riot shields, you aim for the shins. And that's what's interesting about him is that he can act as like a point man for like a SWAT team breach type situation. So you can boldly go into buildings where you otherwise may be more cautious. Right. Um, but the other thing about it is because he's this giant fuck off tank, he's easier to hit in the sense that he's got a big old hitbox for you to notice and see yeah. and hit. And also whenever he's deploying the shield, it's like, hey look, it's a giant shield that's glowing colors. Like yeah. it's the kind Hi, of, look at me, yeah. I'm not stealthy at all. Hey guys, look over here. Snipe this giant thing over here. But again, that can be turned into a strength if you're trying to distract. Hey kid, I'm a computer. Yeah, I'm a computer. <laughs> <laughs> Deep cut. Uh let's see. Oh and then we have uh, Wraith. Wraith is going to be another stealth-based person. My right. guess is probably with some sort of short-range teleportation. Absolutely. That one you nailed. <laughs> That's another one of the ladies. Um, so she <coughs> she has... Uh, I'm, I haven't played her, so I'm not quite sure on how the passive works, but I think it's along the lines of you get like an early warning of when people are nearby, mm -hmm. something to that effect, like a message comes up. But her tactical is short-distance nightcrawler bamfing. You know, just... Um, <laughs> The uh, well, t technically, it's like it's kind of think think Siren from Borderlands. Mm -hmm. She phases, and when she's phased, she can't be hit. Right, and it's for a very short time. And her ultimate is at doing like a straight up Borderlands one, by the way, not Borderlands two, because the Siren in Borderlands yeah, yeah. two levitated people into a sphere of of death. Yeah, yeah, original OG Borderlands. Her ultimate is by the way. When the hell are we getting Borderlands three? I don't know. Her <laughs> ultimate is a is straight up the portal out of portal. Like, nice. you open a portal, and it's blue, <laughs> although I think they're both blue, so, you know, ah. it's not quite identical, but it's the same thing, basically. Right. You open a portal, and then you and, I think your, your team, any, yeah, you and any of your teammates can then use that portal to come out where the other portal end is. So that opens up all sorts of possibilities. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. And, uh, let's see, so, I'm losing track here. 
uh, Caustic, Mirage, Pathfinder, Wraith, Gibraltar, Lifeline. Did I say Lifeline? Yep. Lifeline. Um, Those are, like, we got two left. There's, uh, oh, Bloodhound, who, again, Tracker. Like in Borderlands, yeah. Yeah, he looks a lot like, he's got a Mordecai thing going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he, uh, he, I'm not sure how the breakdown on his abilities works, but essentially, because, again, I haven't played him either. Um, well, what use are you as an expert, like? <laughs> oh, I know the gist of what he does. Yeah, I know. Uh, and I, I can't. I've had him on my team. Uh, he, he picks up, like, clues about, like, enemy movement and activity and stuff. So, like, he'll be able to tell, like, you know, if an enemy has been here recently or, like, you know, what, like, weapon they may have picked up or whatever. Like, he's, like, the intel gathering guy. Right. Um, so that's kind of interesting. But yeah, I mainly just played uh, Lifeline. We're missing one, by the way. We Bangalore should... and Gibraltar. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. There is um, an eighth, apparently. Yes. At least you said so. Uh, who am I forgetting? Well, it'll come to me here in just a second. But yeah, I've just, I'll just, I've just played. <laughs> I've just played a few. I was gonna. I was gonna do the same. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely. I wanted. I haven't tried Pathfinder yet, but I'm definitely gonna. Try him out next because he sounds—he sounds like the sort of guy I'd probably. The zipline thing intrigues me, and I think is a, a, another part of these games is a, it's all about learning the maps too. And if you get a character like that, where you can more freely traverse the map, you're going to learn it quicker, and you're going to get better at the game. So I figure I, he should probably be my next legend to really put some time into, so I can better kind of educate myself on. Bangalore, Bloodhound, Caustic, Gibraltar. Lifeline, Mirage, Pathfinder, Wraith. There are only... Uh, did we cover all eight then? Um, Apparently. I guess. Okay. Could have sworn that there was one that we didn't, but okay. And we covered all those. Yep. Yeah, this this actually does look a little more interesting. And I'm, and I'm willing to try... Like, I, I would love to find the Battle Royale game that I enjoy. Right. Well, I think Because this could be so it. fucking many people play Battle Royale games. I think this could be it, legitimately. Yeah, I could be. I wonder if my friend Justin plays it, because we both have PS4s. So, um. <clears throat> but I find, you know, I was telling you how the, the training mode was crap and everything. Mm-hmm. And I get it to an extent. You have to just jump in there and play and learn as you go. But, ugh, it was pretty bad. <clears throat> it's just kind of like, hey, look, this is how, like, movement works. This yeah. is, like, tactical ability, ultimate ability. Hey, here are the guns. Try out the guns a bit. That's it. Like, you have no real context. It, well, it's really hard to build a good training mode yeah. for a P, for an exclusively PvP game. Right. Uh, because well, unless you dedicate a lot of resources to it, because they weren't, they weren't going to do a full-on, like, AI thing. Right, because it's just... Because learning how, like, learning how to deal with... Uh, with players is nigh on impossible because right. it's hard, it's very hard to predict what a player will do. And I would say, you know, I... I, I as long as they do cover the basics of here is how to move semi-effectively. Yeah. Because uh, that was the big problem with Lawbreakers. Do you remember Lawbreakers? Uh, yeah. A year and a half ago? I didn't play it. It was a really cool looking and really cool conceptual yeah. game uh, that tanked in its first, like, month. Right. <laughs> And the primary reason for that was because, um, it, well, actually because their training mode was completely crap. Because Lawbreakers is all about fluid and interesting movement. Yeah. 
that was what actually made it look interesting. It was like the it was all, the all of, a Titanfall. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the trailers where like you yeah. saw people jump off the map and swing on these giant grapnel hooks and like yeah, yeah. and there were there are portions of the game that are in complete zero gravity. Yeah. And there was not at all a tutorial. Which is a problem because zero gravity was actually done very effectively, which is to say you have no inertia but you also pretty much don't have a way to propel yourself unless you realize there is a button for shoot behind you. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty bad. Um, so, unless you realize that, um, the, you think that the only people that can work in the... Because it was another hero-based shooter. Right. The only people that can work in, in the zero-gravity zones are the two people with jetpacks. Yeah. Admittedly, the two people with jetpacks are way better in zero G. Yeah. Because they have jetpacks, so they can go forward and shoot at the same time. But like, it was a game that was completely tanked by its lack, but by not even having a tutorial. In this game, it sounds like they've got enough of a tutorial, which is here is how to move. Yeah. Here is how to shoot. Here is how abilities work. As opposed to just saying, here's a game, work it out. Yeah, I mean, it's it's better, I mean, I guess it's better to have that than to try to do, like, a full-on, like, AI-type thing, because all that's going to do is develop bad habits. Yep. It's better to just get your butt kicked a bit and figure it out than to, like, go in there and try to baby-step it and mm -hmm. then just be completely unprepared for how the game actually plays, because yep. that's the whole point, is to play with exclusively other people. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, and honestly, as much as it can be frustrating when you're learning it... Uh, I think there's an equal, at least for me personally, my taste is there's also an equal like counterbalance of satisfaction of learning the thing and understanding it. Like yeah. I'll get my butt kicked and I'm like, oh, okay, now I understand that like this is how you should like approach this building or this is what this is how this weapon should be used or this is what this attachment does because it's like it's mainly just the it's the the meat and potatoes of the stuff within the toys in the toy box, if you will, because it's like. I go in there. I, I have the you know I've played plenty of shooters and stuff, and I know the basics. But like, uh, I don't know anything about how the attachments work or what guns. You know, aside from just common sense, right. of don't try to snipe with the pistol or don't try to lay down suppressing fire with the shotgun. You know, like, well, in the right circumstances, I was gonna say you, you could theoretically do decent suppressing fire with a shotgun in the if, open. Yeah, let's say in the open. Yeah, in the open, no. But like, if you're trying to keep people yeah. taking cover behind a wall. Fuck yeah, shotgun. Well, and here's the thing is some of it's not intuitive like that, where it's just like this category of gun is used in this situation because you can take like the peacekeeper lever action shotgun thing, then like attach this crazy fuck off attachment that like goes, hey, it's super effective even though it's longer it's a longer distance and like you can have like a mid-range shotgun type thing. So it's like it's all this situational stuff, right? And you just have to kind of throw the spaghetti against the wall and see how it goes because you know, if you're not if you're not familiar with how all this stuff interacts, then you don't really know what to do. Like, I didn't even know. Like, when I first started playing, I had no clue about the Gibraltar thing and how that worked. So it's like, why won't this motherfucker die? And like, you know, stuff like that. And you're shooting him in the sh in the riot shield. And you have to kind of consume. You have to like. Uh, you have to kind of like get the uh, commit the uh, the stuff to muscle memory as far as like the controls, because yeah. uh, especially if you're doing the console thing, because. Uh, you don't have a million things you can just use as a quick key. You have to do like a quick radial menu thing like hold this and hit this. And you can't just like take a second in the middle of a firefight and figure out, okay, well, I got to do this and then this and then this. 
Like, you got to kind of mess around and just kind of try stuff. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of ranting at this point, uh, or rambling, I guess. It sounds interesting. Well, the point is, it's kind of fun to learn in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think uh, the way it's set up, since you're not, it's not just a clear, like, either you win or you lose. It's like a gradient thing where it's like, okay, there's 20 squads of three, and if you came in fifth, you did pretty good. You don't feel completely demoralized every single time when you're figuring it out, you know? Because it's like, if you're not dead last, you feel decent about it. Yeah. Because you're like, okay, well, we didn't do that great, but... I, now At least I, you weren't the first to die. Yeah, it's like, we. I survived a decent amount of time, and I kn- now I know to do this and not do this. And every time you play, you get a little bit better, and it's actually encouraging, even though you're technically losing each time. I kind of feel bad for that guy who always is the first to die. Yeah. That'd be an interesting job. But, that, like, no, like, like, I'm sorry, just, just it, it occurs to me that would be a very interesting... Um, interesting th- way to play with your char- with your players' um, psychology. Have uh, like in in big multiplayer games. Yeah. Have a have have your matchmaking set up to always put one of your employees in each game, and his entire job is to is to play the game. But so badly that everyone looks better than him. <laughs> It'd be really interesting to see that. To, like, you could never, you, you couldn't do it feasibly because it would just be too fucking expensive. We shall call him Richard. Yes, but essentially, yes, you have the guy whose job it is to, like, like in Fortnite, or in, in PUBG, because I can't remember the locations of Fortnite, but in PUBG, to drop into downtown and then try to punch someone with a gun, who has, already has a gun. Yeah. Um, I almost killed someone with a punch yet again. Well, sometimes that's all you can do. Yeah. Is yeah. Tr- is hope that you punch and move stupidly <laughs> better than he than he can aim. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I, it's like that move in Star Wars when Han Solo was like ah and charging after the stormtroopers. Only I didn't even have a gun. Yeah. As like I ran after him and like. I, I miscalculated and thought I was going to catch up with him a little bit sooner, and it took just long enough that he started to turn around as I was in there, and I got, like, a couple punches in, and I almost got him, but he had a decent enough SMG to take me out. But uh, <laughs> A for effort. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to call this episode yeah, here. that's all I got. We were, we're kind of out of stuff to talk about. I mean, it's an interesting game. Also, I kind of have to go do a thing, and so does Mike, so... We can, uh, we can revisit the topic when we've had more... Experience. Maybe once I played the game. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe maybe Ben can even try it at some point. Although that's doubtful considering his internet situation. Yeah, Ben doesn't have a very like Ben does have an internet, <laughs> but he only has one. And he, and he, and to play games, you really need two or three. He needs all the internet. You need you need more internet. He needs more internets than he has. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Interwebs. But on the other hand, his house is freaking amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, there's, a, there's a reason he was, he was willing to put up with it. Indeed. Uh, so, next time we'll talk about something else. Um, man, I really need to start getting to work on, on collecting for our October episode. It's already nearly March, and we'll I still there. don't own any of those movies. <sighs> but yes, Mystery Airheads Flavor episode next time. Yes. You get to determine what what the episode is. That that sounds fun. Um, we'll talk to you next time. This has been Neil and Mike, and we'll talk to you next time on Geek Fanthology. This podcast is a production of Working Theory Productions. It was brought to you by the letter T and the number seventy two. 
Opening theme is Ultra Mega Hyperstorm, and ending theme is March of the Mind, both by Kevin McLeod. If you enjoyed this podcast, or know someone who would, please consider sharing it on your social media, sending us an email, or leaving us a comment. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us. Also, please check out our Twitter and Facebook pages for links to interesting things, our Discord, and also our regular updates. If you, regu- if you really enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us, either by making a one-time donation on our website, or a recurring one on Patreon at patreon.com workingtheory. The final thought. Neil's internet has been spotty recently. That's why this episode was a week late. Next week's episode should be on time.